Hello and welcome to the OSU Sports Extra podcast. I'm Patrick Prance, joined as always by Dean Rule. Uh, this is uh, Monday, February 6th. We're going to talk a little bit about basketball. The Cowboys continue continue their surge. We're going to get into a little baseball and we'll update you on some wrestling and we'll get into all of that after a short break. All right, Dean, let's start with uh, basketball. We're about one month uh, from the Big 12 season being concluded. Won't you just kind of catch us up on where we are uh, with one month to go. Just kind of how did we get here? Well, Patrick, uh, I don't think OSU was pleased with where they were at going into conference play, and they started off conference play uh, pretty rough, uh, one and four uh, to start conference play. But where we sit as of today, Monday, February 6th, this is a tournament team, according to all the experts. They are going to they're, – they're currently – just barely sneaking into the tournament right now. Um, but with the way they're playing, I think that could improve a little bit. Um, but yeah, as we sit here chatting, they, they've rattled off some pretty impressive wins and stringing together a little bit of a win streak in a conference that you don't really get to win too many of in a row. Uh, yeah, that's for sure. Uh, pretty significant win last Saturday, Dean, in Stillwater against number 15 TCU. What was your uh, top takeaway from that win? Yeah, I think when you look at that, they they got out to a quick start, which probably the best start they've had all season um, against a, a good TCU team. And, and they were missing two of their top players. So however you want to cut this up, I think no matter which way we look at this, this is a, a good win for OSU because – TCU is not just a two-man team. They're a deep squad. They've got some guys, even without uh, Mike Miles and Eddie Lampkin. Um, but you get out, you build a quick lead. They, they, they kind of controlled that first half. And, and as we've seen sometimes with this OSU basketball team, they come out of the second half and teams kind of get back into the game. And, and that's what we saw. What's different about uh, Saturday's game is – even though TCU got back into it, they were down 19 at one point, and they took the lead late in the game. Um, in I, I think the the way to look at this is two months ago, if this if they played this game two months ago, they would have lost because simply they you know they let these teams back in. It, it kind of serves it kills the energy, demoralized them, and, and they talked about this after the some of the players talked about this after the game. What's changed is, is is they're able to to kind of keep their head on straight when when teams claw back in they're able to keep doing what they've been doing successfully and and that's what you saw you finally saw that the byproduct of that on Saturday when they the TCU got back into the game but they didn't let TCU win the game oh she was able to take control back and and make some shots down the stretch and and finally oh she was able to close out a a game that. Should have been closed out. Mike Boynton admits it after. He said, you know, when you're at 19 points, the goal should be to get to a 25-point lead or a 28-point lead, not let TCU take a three-point lead or a two-point lead. Uh, so, so I'm sure there's still stuff they want to clean up there. But the big takeaway is, hey, they let a team back in, but instead of letting that team come over with the win, OSU figured it out, stayed the course, and they got the win. Let's talk about Caleb Boone for a second. Uh, in terms of scoring, he's had kind of an up and down year. Uh, but the last four games, he's he's scored at least 18 points and scored 25 in the win against TCU. What's going on with his game? Caleb Boone is an interesting case, Patrick. Um, in, in the case of 
when he kind of started to, to figure things out and people took notice of, of what he was doing, and, and you'd ask Mike Boynton about it, and Mike Boynton wouldn't necessarily celebrate what Caleb Boone was doing because he said, hey, when you've got a, a senior like him who has all the talent and skills and intangibles in the world, it shouldn't be you're surprised when he has a good game. It's You should be surprised when he has a bad game. And so he he talked about early on in the season, Caleb Boone's a guy who needs to become consistent for them. Um, and, well, you you just told me 18-plus in each of the past four games. I'd say that's consistency, Patrick. I would. I, I think um, that's what Mike Boynton means. And, you know, against TCU, he scores 25, a career high for him. Uh, and TCU has some some big dudes, Patrick. They, I when when I was watching on Saturday, that post was was not an easy task, but um, but he found a way and and he, he, he scored twenty five. I mean, this is where the offense is kind of running through, and and especially getting Musa Cisse back down there. Um, I think it's super important for the Cowboys because when Musa Cisse was injured, they'd run more of a smaller type of lineup with Caleb Boone down at center and Woody Newton as the four. Now with uh, with Caleb, or with Musa coming back, you're able to put Musa down low, who's seven foot one and a great defender, um, and keep using that stretch four role with, with Woody Newton. And then you're able to play them off each other. And we saw that against um, OU in Bedlam last week, Patrick, because both Caleb Boone and Musa Cisse scored 18 points. They played 18 minutes each. Um, I think that's a pretty efficient clip, no matter how you cut it. And so and you saw it a little bit against Texas Tech, or TCU, excuse me. Uh, so I think they're getting healthy. They're figuring out this offense finally. I think using Woody Newton and uh, Q Williams as their uh, stretch fours has worked well. Getting both centers back, using Caleb Boone as a center, because I forget which analyst said it. So now this anecdote's going to kind of suck, Patrick. But somebody said that one of the uh, some national college basketball analysts said, "I don't know if there's many guys in the in the country who could defend Caleb Boone right now." And and I think that's a true statement because he's kind of firing on all cylinders for OSU. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, let's talk about John Michael Wright for a second. He's a transfer from High Point, North Carolina. They kind of brought him in to run the offense. Um, Won't you kind of share what kind of year he's been having? So yeah, high point guy. He's, he's a he's somebody that I think when you look at him, you, you kind of wonder what his role is going to be because he's six one. Um, he's a great scorer. He came from or from high point with some crazy career numbers over there. They knew he had that threat, um, but you don't you don't always see it with him with the Cowboys. Sometimes he'll have eighteen points a game. Sometimes he'll have two or three. Um, he's got that that three point shot that that's. That, that really is his bread and butter, I think. Uh, but he doesn't mind driving the basketball. And uh, let, let's just look at the TCU game, Patrick. When when TCU takes the lead, there's a timeout. The next two shots for OSU, John Michael Wright shots. He hits a three. He scores a layup. He gives OSU the lead right back, and they don't surrender it at that point. Um, so he's, he's the facilitator. When he's not scoring, he's facilitating. And when he's scoring, he's scoring some big buckets. He's kind of got that. He's not afraid to take the big shots, um, and and I think that's really important, especially when you get down to the tournament time where somebody's going to need to take the big shot. Yeah. Let's talk about this week. So they got a home game on Wednesday against Texas Tech. 
and then they're on the road Saturday uh, at number 11, Iowa State. Big opportunity there. Um, once you talk about that, how, what does this week look like for you? Well, if we're ever going to call a Big 12 game a gimme, Texas Tech is the one I think you could probably say it for, Patrick. Um, with that said, it's still a talented group. I'm not, I'm not saying OSU should win by 20, but you should probably – OSU should probably win that game if, if they're going to keep uh, keep going. Iowa State is going to be the much tougher test because, yeah, you're hitting the road. OSU's played well at home. Um, road, not so much, especially in an environment like Ames, Iowa, with a top-10 team. Um, that's going to be pretty important. If they win that one, then, then I think if the resume is not already good enough, that's going to pretty much put them – I think that makes you a lock if you win that. Um, but, but we'll see, especially against an Iowa State team that uh, that beat the brakes off of Kansas last Saturday. Uh, that's going to be a tough challenge. And then speaking of Kansas, they're going to draw Kansas the following uh, Valentine's Day, Patrick. Uh, right. So, so it, Texas Tech should be an easy win, as easy a Big 12 win can be. Um, but then you got – and then you grab TCU again. So, so that's – three teams who are widely regarded as top four seeds in the NCAA tournament on uh, consecutive consecutive games. So you can OSU as an opportunity to make a statement here. They really do. Um, and I think that's how they should view it. Yeah. The So the key to winning Saturday at Iowa State is what? If it comes down to one thing, what is it? It's a good question, Patrick. It, it is. I think – the key, the key, really, if, if we're going to make it as simple as we want without drawing out a super long explanation, is feed Caleb Boom. I, I know it sounds simple and silly and not the best analysis, but I, I, I am I'm going to agree with uh, I forget his, I forget who said it, Patrick, but not many people can guard him right now. And if you can get it to Caleb Boom, let him make some plays, and you know he makes some great defensive plays too. Let's let's not underscore that. Um, yeah. I, I think that that's your key. Is Caleb Boone playing the best basketball at, at his time at OSU? Is, is that an overstatement? No, not at all. This is okay. this is Caleb Boone's best year at OSU. Well, but not only that. I mean, is this his best stretch? Oh, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. Okay. Uh, you okay. know, you can look at the Cade year when when Cade Cunningham was there. He, Cade just made everybody look great, though. Um, <laughs> but, but at the current, no, this past uh let me see we can probably start it against i think we could almost start it again when they played kansas state on january 10th on has probably yeah. been his best stretch is that the game he had 23 yep that's when he said that was his former career high against kansas state when he scored 23 and he's now followed it up with a 25 point performance against tcu all right, let's switch and talk a little wrestling for a second. You were at the duel uh, last night in Stillwater. What were your takeaways from that? Well, John Smith was very upset <laughs> with uh, with Dustin Plot. At, so, so uh, let me backtrack. Actually, if you if we just go off individual rankings, Patrick OSU would have been favored in three out of ten of those. Um, so it wasn't the best draw for them um but one of them that they were supposed to win was was 174 uh dustin plot is ranked number sixth um and he was going up against andrew 
I'm not going to say his last name, Patrick. I'm sorry. He was going up against the number 31 wrestler. Um, he lost that. Um, but the, the big takeaways, how about this? Luke Serber taking out um, taking out Rocky Elam, the number one wrestler at his weight class. And, and I wrote a story on that, Patrick. Uh, for the for folks who want to get a little more information on that, a little more insight. Um, so so they, they got some upset wins. They had a couple upsets. Uh Really, it came down to Dayton Fix at 133. He had to get a major decision, get 14 points, and then it went to Criteria, and, and, and they got the win. Um, so they they closed out the toughest stretch of their schedule here, Patrick. Um, the past two weekends they've played against, or wrestled against, excuse me, uh, four ranked opponents. Uh, that'd be Northern Iowa, Iowa State, Michigan and Missouri, and they went three and one during that stretch, and they had some gritty wins, some some grind them out matches, some grind them out duels, and uh, yeah, to walk away three and one there as you kind of hit the back end. There, there's a couple you're still going to draw Iowa to close out the regular season, but between that, you've got South Dakota State, Stanford, and OU. I think you'd probably say OSU is favored in those three, um, leading up to to the Big Twelve Championship. So. I think this is good. I think this, they've proved a little bit um, for some – they've answered some questions that you would have had earlier this season. And with that, I think the, they're, they're figuring it out. And I think they've got some guys who can compete, maybe reach All-American status this, uh, this March. So just to remind people, Tulsa is hosting the Big 12 Wrestling Championships uh, March 4th and 5th at the BOK Center, and we're also hosting the NCAA Championships at the BOK Center March 16th through the 18th. So lots of opportunity for wrestling fans to get their fill uh, in Tulsa in March. Okay, Dean, let's talk. Let's get out of here uh, talking a little bit of baseball. You had uh, baseball media day in Stillwater today. Uh, what'd you learn from that? We learned a lot, Patrick. We learned a lot, um, but also a little at the same time. It's hard to explain. I don't know. <laughs> The point being, uh, OSU is going to actually start off. This is kind of exciting. Um, normally, you know, with, with baseball and softball, it takes a little bit to get into some big games. Uh, but they're going to start off down in Arlington, Texas next weekend, uh, 17th, 18th, and 19th. And they're going to play Missouri, Vanderbilt, and Arkansas um, right off the rip down there in the Globe Life, uh, Globe Life Field in Arlington where the Rangers play. And so that, that I think is going to be that, – that's something I would pay attention to um, yeah. in terms of sometimes it's hard to get, get really invested right at the beginning of a season, but I think that's worth watching if you're a fan, just because you're going to learn a lot about what they want to do with this team. Um, a, a big question I know everybody has is what this rotation looks like. Josh Holiday didn't really have an answer for that. Uh, you know, he said this, this early part of the season is about making sure people stay to pitch counts, stretching out the arms. Uh, so he said, you know, ideally it might be you have three pitchers each pitch three innings in a game. Um, ideally, he said normally uh, on a normal weekend, you might see seven or eight pitchers throughout the weekend. He said in this early stretch, it's going to be about 10 to 12. Um, and so I think it, it, for, for fans wondering what that's going to look like, there's a couple names you can point to. Uh, Ryan Bogus, you know, he's probably going to be a starter. Uh, they got a a transfer that everybody loves from Long Beach State. Uh, I believe it's uh, Jerron Watts-Brown. Uh, he, he's getting All-American preseason honors. People are really excited about him. Uh, he, he'll likely be the ace, I, I think, if 
if we're just going to speculate here based on everything that I've heard, Josh Holiday's not confirmed anything, uh, but he's probably going to be your Friday guy. Ryan Bogus could be somebody to look at. Um, but all in all, uh, I think pay attention to that first weekend if if you're real curious about what this lineup and, and rotation is all going to look like uh, in terms of start of Big 12 play, which begins March 17th against Texas Tech. Very cool. Uh, anything else going on today from the media day? Did you talk to players? Talk to, talk to players. Um, got to talk to Nolan McLean, who is returning. Uh, so he got drafted in the third round uh, last baseball, last MLB draft. Uh, he got drafted in the third round by the Orioles. Couldn't work out a deal. He decided to come back to OSU for another season. Josh Holiday is real excited about that. Obviously, Patrick, if you're getting drafted in the third round, you're probably a good player believe it or not. Um, yeah. So he, uh, he's going to be a big part. And he's a, you know, he's an everything kind of guy. He he talked a lot about uh, his pitching um, prowess. You know, he, he, that's something he was working on. He's, he's throwing about a, he can hit a hundred miles per hour um, with some of his pitches. Um, he, he worked on that this off season. So he's excited about that. Uh, when, when he was asked about, whether he sees himself in a starting role or closing role, he was he was more of a relief guy, you know, pitching pitching an inning or two last year. Uh, he said he's open for whatever wherever they need him, uh, so that that'll be good. And then of course Rock Riggio's coming back, who had a great freshman year for them. Uh, he, he's excited. He said it's just good to have a full off season with the team after you know he started fifty three games from Patrick as a freshman um, from out in California. He's a big personality. He's fun to talk to. Uh, so, so overall, yeah, you know, I, I think uh, people are excited about that team and, and, and what it looks like right now. Yeah, it's going to be an exciting spring between, you know, baseball and softball at OSU. Um, it could be, could be fun to watch. Of course. Yeah. All right, let's end it there. You can uh, download us for free on Google, Apple, or Spotify. Uh, Dean and I come at you usually once a week, although, Dean, we're, we're meeting on a Monday this week. Normally, it's like Wednesday or Thursday or even Friday, so we're, uh, we decided to meet early in the week. So appreciate you listening. Dean, appreciate the knowledge, and uh, we'll talk next week. Of course.